You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. Sam, I have a question for you. Oh, no. Do you... Terrified. Do you purposely find websites that the second you open the webpage, it has to play a loud, annoying video? Folks, let, let, me, let me tell you, is I'm sitting here, I'm trying to do mic check, uh, all right? And, like, Sam's doing research for, for the show, you know, doing some prep work. I know sometimes it doesn't come across, but we actually do prep work. And every single time you're opening up a new link <coughs> is the first thing I hear is this loud video. I was like, Sam, what what settings do you have that, that those are not blocked? Are they pop-ups? Because, like, I don't have that issue. I, and you and I go to the same websites, but yet somehow when you go there is you get videos that are popping up and playing. Do, do, do you not have pop-up pop blocker on? or like I or, welcome. Or, or do, you, do you seek them out on purpose? I welcome the hardworking spammers of the internet. <laughs> Those men do an important job. They advertise useless shit that I don't need, and damn it, I'm going to pay attention to every one of those ads. And I'm going to crank this volume to 11 so you'll hear the use of those ads too. Because fuck, no, my pop-up blocker obviously doesn't work, so i got to suffer through this shit, so do you. This also might explain why you're constantly like, yeah, I can't do that, I don't have any money. It's because you are taken in by these pop-ups and by this useless shit. Hey, man, those x-ray specs I'm getting in the mail that I paid $85 for, they're going to work this time. Yeah, unlike the last pair you got in, like, you know, last week. Yeah, the $110 pair, that... Those were bullshit, man. Those were bullshit. This $85 pair. Spy Magazine says these are the best. I don't know if that's a real magazine. Welcome, everybody, to My Comic Life. My name is Jeff, and sitting across from me, as always, is... Sam. We want to thank you for tuning in to today's episode. All right, uh, let's get uh, get the little ads, I guess you could say, promotions out of the way at first. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Our handle on both those are at mycomic underscore life. Follow us on Facebook is you can, or I guess that's like us on Facebook. Just do a search for My Comic Life in the Facebook search bar. If you're listening to us on iTunes, uh, please rate us and comment on the show. That really helps us out. Uh, Okay, uh, before we actually get into today's show, I guess we should mention this is... uh, And this is on Tuesday, even though the show is coming out on Wednesday. Yes, I I I think regular listeners know, but in case there are any new ones, hopefully there are, is we record this on Tuesday, release it on Wednesday. Uh, But so the day that we are recording this show would have been Robin Williams... 64th birthday. 64th birthday, so... It's 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 upsetting that that he's gone, but yeah. you know we can still he can still live on through his movies. And great memories. comedian, yes, great man. I mean, just funny dude. Yes, yes. All right, Sam. Uh, All time Robin Williams movie. Favorite Robin Williams movies. Oh man. Uh, Good Morning Vietnam. Yeah. Dead Poet Society. Yeah. Uh, damn. Uh, Goodwill Hunting. I never saw, you know, I've, I've got to be honest, never saw Goodwill Hunting. Never seen Goodwill Hunting. Never seen it. Wow. Never, never, ever seen it. Is I remember I saw a stand up special before I knew Robin Williams as an actor. Is I saw him do a special on Comedy Central that, like, looking back, I'm like, yeah, okay, I, yeah, he was definitely on something. Like, definitely, definitely was on an upper. 
but it was just so funny. Is I remember it was came on Comedy Central all the time. But like you, Sam, is I'd have to say my favorites uh, definitely Good Morning Vietnam. Oh, sorry, Birdcage, one of my all-time favorite movies. Yeah, Bird ever. Ca- oh God, that I Birdcage was the movie where I learned who Hank uh, Hank, Hank Azaria uh, was. Azaria, yeah, because I was I was like, who is that guy? He's so funny. And my brother's like, oh yeah. You like The Simpsons? He's everybody on The Simpsons. And, yeah, that, that, that's kind of true. Is he does a lot of the voices. But, yeah, uh, Birdcage, um, Good Morning Vietnam, Dead Poet Society. Those would probably have to be mine. Uh, I hold a special place in my heart for Mrs. Doubtfire, too. Is, is like is I don't know. It's like I think as a kid that was, like, my first one that I actually uh, s- uh, saw of his. Oh, and then I'd probably finish out my list with uh, Patch Adams. Really? Yeah, I thought it was a really like, good one. I liked the intent of it, like you know, but I don't feel like it was it was executed uh, that that well. Is I gotta tell you, I really liked him in uh, Insomnia. The uh, oh gosh, he was creepy. Chris, Christopher Nolan, I, I believe, was the one who it was drew. him and Al Pacino, and then he yeah. did the other one that I didn't see yet called One, one, one Hour, hour photo. photo. Yeah, that one was also really really out there. But uh, Insomnia, that I think. God, yeah, that was that was a really good one. And of course, I always I my guilty pleasure movies are the Night at the Museum movies. Oh my gosh, he plays a great, yeah, great president. Yeah. So, uh, so remembering Robin Williams on his you, uh, sir, birthday or missed, you brought laughter and joy to all those around you. That is true. Okay, so uh, on to I guess the other the, the meat of the show, yeah, the more what, serious stuff. Well, I don't know if it's I, I would say well, that's the, as serious sorry, as it gets. No, not not more serious, but. Right. Um, no, is I, this was I saw this all over uh, the interwebs this week, and I get the controversy, but I, I personally don't get, like you know. I didn't find get, it that offensive. Yeah, I didn't either. So we're talking about uh, Amy Schumer, who she's a stand-up comedian. Uh, she has that new movie out, Trainwreck, that's directed by Judd Apatow, but she wrote it and uh, produced it and stars in it. Uh, so that movie has been getting a lot of notoriety. Yeah, and, and it, it, I mean, even even though it came in third, it was a rated R comedy that made $29 million at the box office, which is pretty good. Yeah, well, and as, you know, especially, you know, she's she's been well known for for uh, her stand-up. Oh, and she also has a sketch show on, uh, on Comedy Central. And what I really like about her is, like, she... She does a she she covers a lot of sexism in her material and presents it in a really intelligent way in a way that even an idiot's like, oh shit yeah like you know this is sexist you know even though it might be something that we might take for uh for advantage or you know not look at as sexism, uh, so she she does that really well, and she you know she's been getting a lot of popularity like i said with this new film of hers train wreck and so she's she did a gq interview and was on the cover so she did yeah, a she GQ did a she did a photo, photo spread sh- photo spread and she decided to mock uh or parody <laughs> star wars. wars yeah and she's in the metal bikini she, yeah she's in uh princess leia's metal bikini and she's performing a lot of yeah there's I one guess, where she's in bed and like she's Looks naked, but isn't naked, and she's got C-3PO and R2-D2 on either side of her. No, she is, she is topless in that, but she has her pigtails covering up her oh, nipples. Oh, okay. Uh, on the cover of GQ, it's C-3PO's uh, finger in her mouth, and she's sucking it seducely, uh, seductively. Uh, seductively. Uh, there's one where she's filleting a lightsaber. <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious. So, 
needless to say, Lucas and Disney. Yeah, Disney, who just bought Star Wars Disney, the wholesome family company. Right. Are not happy with with the GQ photo shoot. And I get it is especially now that Lucas Films is owned by Disney and Disney tries to maintain a uh, wholesome image. Yeah. So I get why they're upset by that, but it's parody, you know, is and also by being upset and being this vocal about it, you're bringing way more attention to it. I still don't understand that. It's like people don't people still don't seem to realize that like if you just don't talk about it and you just let it go, there is no story because now there is a story because now it's GQ Amy Schumer versus you know Lucas Films. Yeah, you've and almost Disney. turned it into like a freedom of speech or, or First Amendment battle here. Right. Uh, one of one thing that's funny is that not everybody feels the same way that Lucas yeah Arts and Disney does. Mark Hamill tweeted, and this is me uh, paraphrasing his quote, but something along the lines of, "Great photos, can we get her in Episode Seven? You know. And that's Luke Skywalker. I love that Mark Hamill has reached a point where he just doesn't give a fuck, and he's just going to state what he thinks. Right. Well, I mean, and I, I think I think he was trying to play play along with it, and you know, making a comment like that that's not controversial. So it just goes with the flow of the story, and then it's you know over with. But I personally find nothing offensive about it. It's funny. Yeah, I mean, it's it goes along with kind of like the theme of summer with all the, a Comic Con. And all these sci-fi blockbuster comic right. book movies coming but, out. But also is, you got to think about who Disney and and Star Wars uh, target audience are, and who GQ's target audience are, and the people that like you know Disney getting upset and all that because I, I think they look at it as like kids watch their stuff. They aren't the they aren't going to be reading GQ magazine. I mean, and I, no parent I in love right Star Wars. Is yeah. going to give their kid GQ just because there's a Princess Leia lookalike yeah, on the cover. I don't even. I don't. I don't read GQ, and you know, and so I, I don't think. I don't think that as many people would have seen it or made a big deal about it if it wasn't for Disney and for Lucas Films. Um, I just. I don't, and and I have heard you know going back to what you were saying, Sam, about about uh, it falling under. Uh, free speech and because it's parody is I have heard a lot of people being like why aren't they suing why aren't they suing it's like well because they're using their likeness but because it's in a parody form is you fall under that yeah but still I don't know though because <clears throat> I think <laughs> Disney could sue because those are licensed characters I mean like that isn't like a C-3PO look like that really is C-3PO and it really is Chewbacca on the cover I mean like that well then how did well, it has to be a lookalike Somebody, because because uh, I don't think GQ has. This is what I think happened. Somebody at Star Wars, Lucas, or Disney cleared this and said, "Okay, you can use these likeness rights without actually." Well, then consulting with GQ, but that I think that part's being swept under the rug. But like I said, that's just my right. conspiracy on this one. Well, and. I mean, because it's saying right here that both Lucas and and Disney officially have said they do not have uh, that they do not authorize uh, the participant uh, or condone the inappropriate use of the characters in this manner. Okay, but then one of two things happen. Then one, these are extremely well done lookalikes, or two, someone did sign off on them. 
But also, is it's not really illegal because you're making fun of it. You know, it's the same way Weird Al gets away, f- you know, from doing all his parody songs. Is is when it comes to parody, you have a certain freedom there. So, I don't know. I think in a couple, I think in a couple, uh, couple weeks, no one's gonna know about this or gonna remember this, and no one's gonna care. I think it. I, I'm kind of glad it's happening because I think it's gonna boost Amy Schumer's ticket sales to her movie. Uh, so if I hadn't gone to see Ant-Man, I would have gone to see Trainwreck. Yeah. As I want to see both of those. I can't, I'm really upset. Like Joe finally had his baby. So we haven't done afternoon delight. So I really wanted to see Ant-Man, Ant-Man was surprisingly. That's what I hear. I mean, like not surprisingly so much because like the more trailers I saw, the more I was psyched about it, but it was really good the, and so, funny. So now you've seen Ant-Man. I haven't seen Ant-Man and credits roll and they credit Edgar Wright with the script. Oh, do they really? Yes. Wow. So I, I, guess, I, did, I guess a good chunk of his original story stayed in there. It has to be if they, they gave him credit. Him, yeah, and if the, they gave him writing credit. And then I've also heard that uh, that there are certain shots, the way that certain uh, shots were filmed, that it's very much in the, uh, in the Edward Wright style. Like you could definitely see like, okay, this is his influence into it. Uh, oh, man, you made me – oh, yeah, yeah. The one thing – you know, like I said, haven't seen it. You have. The one thing that I don't like about Ant-Man is if you know your Avengers history and you look at who the villain is in Ant-Man, you you, you kind of know. Like, you can... I don't know exactly how they end the movie, but I know that, that you know, unless they are completely changing canon from the comics of, of how, how well, it's it could happen. weird how because... Hank Pym was Yellow Jacket. Not when... Let's see, I don't even want to say that because I don't want to spoil anything. But that... Okay. That was one of the monikers that he used when he had split personality disorder. Oh, see, I didn't realize... But he didn't have split personality disorder when he was a member of the uh, original Avengers. I think he did, just nobody noticed. And And he was a bit abusive to his wife. But don't worry. They create this interesting story that totally cuts out him being abusive to his wife or anything. Oh, that's good. That is very good. <laughs> that, wow. So, uh, so. In fact, that's why Marvel went with Scott Lang versus Hank Pym is because they didn't think they could sell a wholesome story about a man who, who had alcoholic issues, split personality disorders, and beat his wife <laughs> see, <laughs> to, th- a, to, to a mass audience see, and still claim him to be a hero. See, I think you get away with the alcoholic and split personality. It's the beating the wife yeah. when you're like, guys, like, yeah, we, we, can't, we, we can't sell this. We can't be marketing Ant-Man costumes to kids at yes. Halloween. So, uh, yeah, so I heard it, uh, Ant-Man opening weekend wasn't one of the bigger Marvel movies. But you got to understand, Ant-Man is like even further out there further out there than I think Doctor Strange is and the fact that Marvel's marketing team at least you know drummed it up to number one at the at the box office mm-hmm. kudos to them for yeah it made it made what 56 58 million yeah yeah opening somewhere, weekend somewhere around there which was enough to take number one and uh and also you know is is a pretty good showing and I think it also I don't know what their budget was but I think that it's gonna end up being a hit in the long run if not it'll at least break even with blu-ray sales yeah yeah m- most likely is uh it will be interesting to see though if uh, how exactly they tie uh, ant-man into the rest of the marvel cinematic universe well, which we'll get to here in a little bit um if you go watch ant-man there's oh there are some crazy cameos that uh set up for 
how he ties into the rest of the Marvel Universe. And there's two, not one, but two post-credit scenes you have to stay for. So is one of the post-credit scenes like all like old school? Like you know, I, I remember when post-credit when I first was watching for post-credit scenes, it was like at the very very end of the credits. Now it seems like they fade out and they show the main uh, cast and all uh, all that, and then uh, executive producers and then go into the what now they call the post-credit scene, and then after that scene go into like more credits. So is there one like that, and then there's one, one like the, mid credits, and then there's one at the end of the credits, like that, very end, where it's the last thing you see. Yeah, that teases uh, Captain America Three: Civil War. Oh wow, that that's cool. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that here a little bit later in the show. Uh, but okay, so moving on from uh, from uh, uh, Ant Man is uh, another movie that is is a movie that's in the works is uh, they're making a Minecraft movie. Sure, why not? The Lego movie blew up and made so much money, I was so about why to not? Say, I was about just... to say, man, is like, is the Lego movie kind of made it like, okay, we can take a movie. We, we could take, not a movie, but to, we could take a product that maybe doesn't have, like, doesn't tell a story and create one around it because Minecraft is, a, is essentially Legos. Is you know Minecraft is the is a eight bit uh, video game that you play that where you're digging er, digging up materials like you're digging up dirt and sand and cutting down trees and gathering stone making uh, making tools out of them and building. This just proves Hollywood is dead and they're like, hey, Lego made movie. What's another semi property like Lego? I mean, how much more can we can we can can we milk this cash cow? Oh wait. Minecraft. So we're going to come up with some catchy tune and get some a bunch of celebrities to come cameo in our film and we'll just call it Minecraft even though it's Lego 2 in disguise. <sighs> Fuckers. Well, I mean it has potential. I don't I'm trying very hard to like distance itself from Legos, but it's so similar to it in except for you know the Except for like the whole one of the big purposes behind Minecraft, the video game, is is using your materials wisely. You know, is like is because you have an axe to chop down trees, but then that axe after time, you know, falls apart. So you have to build a new axe, but you know, and continue chopping down trees to build your house. So, I, I would I would say that you would be you'd be hitting the the uh, the nail on the head if it wasn't for the fact that. There's like mat reusable materials that you have to be constantly trying to uh, collect throughout the game. That and I think that and a couple other aspects will stop it from being a direct ripoff from the Lego Movie. But I will agree with you. Potential is a hundred percent there. And uh, I, I I'm not I'm not sure uh, w they're choosing behind their director, but their director for this film has been announced. This is only like positive spot, and that's just because I like this show. Right. So uh, actor uh, Rob is it McEnley? McKinley. McKinley. Uh, you would best best know him as Mac from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He is set to direct the Minecraft movie. Uh, I. You know, I know he's I know he stars and was one of the co-creators of It's Always Funny in Sil uh, in Philadelphia, but I don't really know if what other his chops are, you know, from uh in from acting. So, I wonder why they what, what their motivation was behind having him be the director. 
you know, is because it kind of seems like to, it, it's f- from out of left field, you know. Does he kind of resemble Chris Pratt at all? No, I mean, that's him. Oh, okay, no. But he's funny. Yeah, well, and he's not starring in it. He's directing it. So, and... He must have given him a hell of a pitch. Yeah, he re- he really must have because really he, I mean, he, this would be, according to his IMDb page, this, w- this is his fourth thing that he's ever directed. And he's only, he's only acted in, you know, less than 20 different projects. You know, a lot of one-offs uh, on like an episode here and there on a TV show. So there. You, maybe you're right. Everyone's got to have have a start somewhere. So maybe they are uh, are doing that with with him with the Minecraft movie. I would also really like to know more of like, okay, what is this Minecraft movie going to be about? Well, please, it's going to be one group of people versus the uh, what are the, the the zombies and the spiders and the yeah the, the things that carry bombs around in them. Yeah, I forget what those are called. I haven't yeah. played Minecraft in a little bit. I don't play Minecraft, <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be like. Some village or some town is going to get raided, and some hero is going to build something that's going to help them stop the stop the bad guys. Uh, yeah, that kind of sounds like a nutshell of a movie right there. <laughs> Lego movie. <laughs> okay, uh, sticking with things being turned into um, other well, things. Yeah, I, I was going to say movies, but then I was like, no, this is being turned into a TV show. But this sounds really cool. Yes, is I had never heard of this, but... Uh, I know, I'm about to go look this comic up after we're done with the show. I really am. Uh, Action Labs uh, has announced that uh, that in conjunction with uh, Romark Entertainment and, uh, was it, uh, Marker Stone Pictures, that the comic Herald is being optioned off as a uh, TV show. Now, if you're like Sam and I and aren't too familiar with uh, with what this comic is about, it's a pretty badass uh, premise of a co- of of a comic. So, uh, Harold tells the story of Nikola Tesla, who's experimenting with time travel, and that exp- and those experiments thrust him in to the early 1900s, where he must team up with H.P. Lovecraft, uh, and they f- they team up as part of a secret group. That are humanity's greatest uh, that fight humanity's greatest threat, the Cthulhu Order. You and I have little bit different descriptions here. Oh, really? What? So, <coughs> what does yours say? When Nikola when Nikola Tesla's fiance Amelia Earhart steals a dangerous prototype engine for a transatlantic flight, Tesla seeks out the interdimensional expertise of H.P. Lovecraft to save her. Lovecraft, however, has problems of his own as he investigates the identity of the Cthulhu's Herald. Oh, okay. See, that it kind of plays in because because yeah. uh, where I was going uh, a little bit further with uh, with the um, uh, the synopsis of of the comic was that is it said that it's it has uh, uh, it it calls them celebrity guest appearances by. Amelia Earhart, Albert Einstein, ah. and and uh, and like Harry Houdini. So, like we said, this is just now being optioned. So they just now have the rights to turn this in to a TV show. Sam, who would you like to see? What what studio would you like to see pick this up? Uh, for TV, yeah. Who do you think could do this justice? I don't. It, it would depend. Like like if this, if this is like a soft, you know, kind of kind of series. Mm-hmm. I would say, you know, like a, even though they've had piss poor track record, NBC, Fox, CW run with it. If I wouldn't you, want to see CW run with it. 
wouldn't want to see. Definitely don't want to see NBC run with CW's it. CW's had a lot of success with these shows, though. I mean, like yeah, I yeah, but also I but, Zombie did really well last year on on the CW, and that was more what, of an independent stretch on their part. AMC maybe. See, I would like to see because this because since I haven't read the comic, not really sure how they take this because it could go one of two ways. It could be a lighthearted comedy romp, or it could be a very dark sci-fi adventure. And if it was going to be a lighthearted comedy romp, then yeah, okay, maybe CW or one of the major networks. But if you're going to go more of a dark, twisted uh, sci-fi adventure, you know, I know they're extremely hit and miss. But man, when they're on, they are on. And Sci-Fi Channel, I mean, they like I said, when they're when they miss, they miss big time. But when they hit. It's really good. So I would think maybe Sci-Fi Channel. Uh, Sci-Fi could do this justice. You're right. Or or maybe Netflix because or this Hulu. This kind of sounds like it would it would lend itself to a Eureka style television. Yeah. Feel you yeah. know what I'm talking about. Although don't get me wrong, Eureka definitely had its moment where it jumped the shark. It's like it definitely had a jump. See, I only, only watched it up to like season two when they flipped realities, and then I was like, ah. Oh, no, no. It's saying if you saw where they flipped realities, then you saw way past season two. Oh, man. Maybe I did. <laughs> yeah, because that's my jump the shark moment where they go in on, where they go back in time and then they come back to an alternate timeline. Yeah. So, yeah. That's like season. Four, <laughs> five, maybe, but oh, I stuck with it longer than I thought I did. Yeah, but but you're absolutely right. That's exactly my. That's where I thought they had their jump the shark moment as well. Uh, but so I'm excited to see this. I'm like you said, I'm gonna have to check out this comic because I would. This sounds like a really cool, uh, interesting uh, concept if, as one. If Bruce Campbell wasn't tied up in his own series, right now, I'd be like, yes, put him in this show to either play Lovecraft or Tesla. He would be hilarious. Yes, he he would be. Uh, so we'll we'll see uh, we'll we'll see what this turns out uh, turns into. So now finishing up uh, with uh, of course as always uh, Marvel is we got some news from them. First up, they are releasing a series of coloring books. Uh, Adult coloring books. Well, Adult themed coloring books. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think of like how exactly. Well, okay, come on. One of them is going to be a. I'm just going to spoil it here. Mm-hmm. Deadpool coloring book. But, yeah. Come on. The Merc with the Mouth. Either, I mean, you don't want your kids coloring brain matter on walls, do you? They don't really show brain mat- matter Decapitation in... or Deadpool. Okay, Or yeah. connect the dots to put Deadpool's body back together. Yeah, that... <laughs> oh, my God. That is awesome. Yes. You're welcome, Marvel. Yes. Yes, uh, but so um, Marvel is putting out a Deadpool-themed adult coloring book along with an Age of Ultron coloring book. Now, you'll have to wait till next January of 2016 to get the Deadpool one. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it was coming out that late. And it's going to cost you $10. 10 bucks, no, but I think it's like 120 pages. Yeah, and then uh, I'm pretty sure, if, if I'm reading this right, the uh, Age of Ultron one comes out in October, so you can kind of get a preview of what it might look like. All, all I want is is the Deadpool one. You just want to play Connect the Dots. Now. Absolutely, man. That sounds amazing. I haven't even thought about that. You know, uh, but so that's that's kind of that's. Well, we see, just thought now, that was funny. now I'm thinking that the reason that they're putting out the Deadpool comic book in January is because in February 12th comes out Deadpool the movie. So I mean, not a lot, but you can drum up a little bit. You know, start start the you know the gears turning here, being like, hey, Deadpool. Deadpool, Deadpool, you know, Deadpool. 
now this Miz may be my super duper fanboyness. Um, do you think that there might be any possibility that with all the hype that uh, Deadpool's getting, maybe push up the release date or change it because February, like when we when we first said the release date for the Deadpool movie, and it was February, we all we both kind of went mm, this because. Is- February is kind of the month, a dead month, where you put all the not-so-hot movies. But Deadpool has been getting a lot of press, a lot of a lot of heat. I, and like I said, this is just my fanboyness coming out, but and I just really want to see the fucking movie. But, you know. Christmas Day. That would be great. Move it up to a Christmas release. Right up against Star Wars and that, Quentin Tarantino's Hateful Eight. You're right. That would be a smart move. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Good call, Sam. Let me tell you why they're releasing Deadpool in February. Deadpool's still an iffy property. The studio is nervous. They don't know whether this thing's going to turn out to be a gigantic blockbuster success or failure. So that way, they're like, we're going to release it in February. If it does well, great. We'll start running it up in the summer against other big contenders. But right now, we're scared because we're Hollywood and we're not original. And we're really trepid about this. So we're going to do a soft opening in February and just hope to God that we can recoup our losses if this film blows up. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I'm not mad about that at all, am I? (laughs) No, no. Uh, Sticking with uh, Marvel movies is so... You know, we were mentioning earlier Captain America Civil War is uh, is coming out uh, next May. And Martin Freeman, you know him from the original UK version of The Office. He played their version of Jim. And he was on Sherlock Holmes. Yes, he played uh, Watson in the uh, BBC uh, America. Was yeah. it BBC or BBC America? I BBC think version. Yeah. And then Sherlock he was Holmes. in The Hobbit. Re- or not reboot, but in The Hobbit. Yeah. Was he not in Lord of the Rings? No. Okay. He plays young Bilbo, not old Bilbo. I know, okay, I don't, whatever. So, anyways, Martin Freeman uh, has, you know, we, I think we mentioned this a couple shows ago, has been cast uh, in Captain America: Civil War, but not much has been really said about his character. Well, recently, in an interview with, I forget who, it's a foreign press. Uh, but the story's coming from Movie Phone. Uh, in a recent interview, he kind of he kind of spoke up a little bit about exact about his character. Is uh, Martin Freeman said, "quote uh, We can say that he works for the government. He works for the American government. He works in conjunction with the superheroes and certain agencies that help to tame the superheroes' powers. Uh, so you're not quite sure which side he's on. It looks like it looks a little bit like he's playing one game." When actually he's playing another, so that's what Freeman had to say about his character's role in uh, in in Civil War, and he did say that yes, he will be playing it with an American accent. So Sam, given should should we recap exactly what Civil War is about, real quick? Yeah, uh, Civil, so, 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 yeah, Civil okay. War is about a group called starts out with a group of. Heroes who are tracking a mutant who has the ability to, to blow himself up and then pull himself back together after he blows himself up. Anyway, they got this reality TV series where they round up bad guys every week and they put it on TV. Well, so this group of heroes is following this mutant who can blow himself up and they follow him too close to an elementary school and he blows himself up and blows up an elementary school. And once you start putting bodies of children on the 6 o'clock news, people start demanding 
more accountability from their heroes right. to the point that the government's like, okay, here's what we're going to do. You're going to unmask, you're going to register, and then you're going to work for S.H.I.E.L.D. or some government agency right, you're, with government oversight. Es- essentially, you're going to be on a list and you're going to be held accountable for your actions. And there's there's a line split down the middle between superheroes. Leading one side is Iron Man, and Iron Man says, yes, superheroes should register and they should be kept tracked and be held responsible. Then you have Captain America on another side that says, no, this is terrible. We don't we don't need this to happen. We shouldn't have to unmask. Right. So you so that's the main story of of Civil War. Well, that's no, that is the story. But so Martin Freeman's character I mean, he could it could be so many different agencies and so I mean cuz he's either going to play a government politician or I think somebody working for Shield. Yeah. Is but do you think he'll be? What side do you think he'll be on? I think he's going to be on uh, Iron Man's side. See, I think he's going to be on Captain America's side. I, I think he's going to be kind of like a double agent, like sent in to be like, "Hey, yes, we are leading the charge," and then you know he'll turn around and be like, "Oh wait, actually, I was feeding information to Captain America this entire time." Yeah, he, he could be. Is uh, is is we'll have to see and find out. Is uh, so we have also learned. A number of other superheroes that will be appearing in the Captain America movie. So I, I love, first of all, I love this. This has come from the Hollywood Reporter. I, <laughs> the name of the fucking film is Captain America Civil War. The first character, the first superhero that they mention on this list that's going to be in the film, Captain America. I think that kind of goes without saying, considering that it's not just branded as Civil War. It's branded as Captain America Civil War. You know, I think it goes without saying that he's going to be in his own movie. But looking past that is uh, other heroes that are confirmed for uh, this. Of course, Iron Man. uh, And even though uh, Robert Downey Jr. has fulfilled his three film agreement with the studios and has said that he's done playing Iron Man is he is playing Iron Man in Civil War, and he'll play Iron Man in the third Avengers film. Uh, then we also have the Falcon, and then we also have the Vision. Now, that's going to be interesting, it, uh, incorporating the, the... Oh, no, wait. Am I thinking... Yeah, the Vision was the robot that... I'm totally thinking of... Uh, that Ultron created at the end of the film. Okay, then, then I'm not... Then, okay, yeah, no, no. I was thinking of, uh, of the Seer. The guy, the big ball, big headed ball guy that just that just overlooks Utu the Watcher. Yeah, the Watcher. That's who I was thinking of. I don't know why I got those two, the Vision and that. And then of course, because it's a Captain America film, is we're gonna have uh, uh, Black Widow, Scarlet Witch, Scarjo coming back. Yeah, Scarlet Witch will also be in there. War Machine, Hawkeye. Uh, oh, they've mentioned they will list Black Widow twice on here. The Winter Soldier, he will be making a, a return appearance, and our the newest superhero added to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Ant Man, will also be in in this. And we've we've already mentioned this before because it was kind of a big announcement. But Spider Man and Black Panther will also be in uh, in Civil War. Spider Man plays a really really cool part in in this, and I'm really happy that uh, that 
that they are including him in this because you really couldn't do Civil War without Spider-Man. And, uh, and this is also, I believe, going to be our first appearance of the new of the uh, the, the new actor who's yeah. playing Spider-Man. I don't like the casting choice. I can't even think of the guy's name. I can't either. I remember so Marvel proved me wrong here because I think you should have stuck with Garfield. Yeah, well, I mean, is you, is this is the first time that it's Spider-Man where it's you know Sony and Marvel working together? So I can see I can see what they're doing. Is there is it honestly? I I mean they're 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 just trying to get away from from the mistakes of past Spider-Man movies. So I get it. I get it. You know and. And while he was a good Spider-Man, better than Tobey Maguire, he's, they're still trying to get away from the amazing Spider-Man. I mean, they didn't even make a third one. That's, it, I mean. I know, and the second one teased such promising villains. They, they did, the third one did the same thing that, that the uh, Batman vs. Superman movie is doing and the same thing Suicide Squad movie is doing. You're trying to incorporate too, ma- too much into one film, you know, is is that that's why you let play these things out and that's why you have a series of movies coming out is you don't just all jam it into one but so uh, those are the confirmed superheroes and and like like we've said is is you know is there's going to be way more that will uh, that will show up I'm sure Mark Ruffalo will show up and I'm sure Thor will show up although they could, well I know I could see them doing Civil War without Thor is because it the the way he plays into it and then, uh, yeah, we've also already mentioned that um, uh, Punisher and uh, Daredevil. Thank you. Are, are also going to be in it. So, Sam, uh, anything else you want to mention on this one? Uh, looking forward to it. Interesting cast. It'll be fun to see who falls on what side, where, and why. Great commentary, Sam. And I, it, it'll be interesting to see if they tie the Marvel Netflix universe in with this film. That's what I'm really looking forward to is to see exactly what all they're going to do. You know, is is because sh- is Shield and uh, Agent Carter still tie-ins to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I mean, like I haven't kept up with it, but friends who have say yes. That I mean, if you look at Captain America two, it ties into okay Shield, and that yes, Avengers two also ties into Shield at some point. So okay, so they're just expanding that even more. So that's great. All right, so yeah, let's move on to the next thing. All right, folks, part of the show where we let you know what's coming out in comics and new in theaters this week. So, Sam, as always, starting us off, what's coming out? Are we are we going with Marvel? Are we going with DC first? We always go with Marvel first. Why is that? I don't know. I'm just saying if we're go- we should really do DC. If, if we're going in alphabetical order, I know, but uh, it's just more of a personal preference. Nothing against you, DC. I, I, I like your characters a lot. <laughs> I just always go with Marvel first. Alrighty, what what is uh, what's being released this week? Uh, first up here we have Old Man Logan number three, having survived his first step in his quest across the realms of Battle World, Logan has come face to face with the horrors of mut- uh, with face to face with the horrors of what mutant kind can produce. But mutants are not the sole purveyors of horror on this patchworked planet, and Logan's job is far from finished. With his next step, Logan comes face to face with the sins committed by machines of man. Hello, Sentinel tie-in. Yeah, Ultron. Yeah, 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 maybe. 
if you've been read if you read issue one and two, especially issue one, you would definitely know the answer to oh, that. All right. <laughs> well, that's just my speculation right there. All right. Uh, this one's a personal little shout out for Jeff over here. Uh, Civil War number two. So excited. <laughs> Skirmishes between each side continue in the wake of a failed attempt at peace. General Rogers and his forces in the blue continue development on Project Bell Curve, the top secret effort to win the war in one epic stroke. While Iron President Stark discovers deeply troubling data about the course of the nation's history since its division. Yeah. You want to fill in the blanks here? Yeah, so uh, once again, this is uh, tying into Secret Wars, and in, and in this patchwork of Battleworld is... Th- is imagine if C- the Civil War uh, story arc never ended and uh, they just kept fighting. And in this world, they've been fighting for like six plus years. And so, like, you know, as, as Sam was kind of describing it, the best way that they could uh, do it was to have um, was to basically like split their territory down the middle. Captain America have his side. Iron Man have his side. And they were trying to trying to come to a mutual agreement when uh, when some bad things happened. I don't want to spoil it in case someone's catching up and going to read issue number one. So, <laughs> all right, all right. Moving on over to DC, we have Cyborg number one. Anybody find this interesting that they're bringing back Cyborg one with the possible tie-in? Because I thought this was the first time Cyborg was getting his standalone comic. I he's he's been a lot of comics. I don't know that this could be his first standalone series. But he's also going to be featured prominently in the upcoming Justice League film. So I think, you know, they're starting early here to start introducing characters that you might not know quite as well. But anyway, Cyborg number one. The machine that gives Cyborg his powers is evolving. The only problem is that machine is his body and he has no idea what's causing these changes. You know, he's waking up, he's finding hair in strange places. He's starting to have feelings toward female robots. It's all natural, Cyborg. Don't worry. It's called puberty. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so if you don't know much about Cyborg, uh, basically his body was ravaged by a virus or disease and his dad was big into cybernetics. And to save his son, he welded a whole bunch of experimental tech onto his son's body. To me, this is like your classic Terminator s- scenario where the robotic side of your body is becoming self-aware and could take over your functioning body, like control your arms and limbs for you. That would be freaky. Yeah. So, there's that. <clears throat> and then uh, we have We Are Robin number two. I just picked up number one of this uh, last week. I haven't read it yet, but the artwork on it is astounding. In Gotham City, hundreds of Robins have taken to the street, but who will be their new leader, and who is the mystery man working behind the scenes? Basically, a bunch of kids, I mean, like jocks, emos, goths, for some reason, they've all taken up the mantle of Robin, and they've all designed their own Robin costume, and are walking the streets of Gotham, which is pretty cool because the artwork on it, like I said, looks fucking awesome. So, who's controlling this? Who 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 spearheaded this? Let's all be Robin campaign. You have to read to find out. <laughs> oh, I, th- I was about to say Joker. Are you going to tell me? No. Okay. <laughs> all right, Jeff. What have you got for us on what the image side of things? Yeah, on uh, image, uh, we got coming out this week. Uh, Birthright number nine. Run, love, kill number four, and uh, the uh, third installment of the first five issue story arc of Sons of the Devil. 
So Sons of the Devil uh, number three will be coming out. And then uh, two new ones coming out. Now this one, uh, this one is a brand new release. Let me get to, uh, this is a uh, new ongoing series. Um, okay, so uh, the crime noir thrills and character reminiscence of true detective meet with the uh, mythological uh, stakes worthy of uh, Neil uh, Gaiman's Gaiman. Gaiman. I know. I always fuck up his name. He wrote Sandman. Come I know. On. I know. That's in fact the the comic they were going they were going with. They were referencing. Yeah, uh, Sandman in the original fantasy horror crime saga uh, saga for mature readers. Uh, Anton Wolf, a hard boiled paranormal detective with a death wish has to cope with sudden responsibilities for an orphan teenage girl who might be the key to the impending apocalypse. I don't get this part, but impending apocalypse, California style. Earthquake, man. Oh. No. I didn't put that together. I just went with like, all right. Like, actually, I didn't put any of that together. Shit. Uh, the Road to Hell and Back uh, begins in a max-sized first issue with 58 pages of story and no ads. I love when they do that. So Wolf number one is uh, on your comic stance today. And then also, uh, okay, Sam, you're going to have to help me out with this. So uh, 68, uh, for those of you who don't know, 68 has been an uh, ongoing comic from uh, Image Comics and Meat Grinder Studios. And it's taking the, year, the Vietnam War in 1968 and flipping it on its head with there's been a zombie outbreak that some Viet Cong, uh, Viet Cong, whatever. Uh, they they were doing some human experiments and they created zombies and then they got loose and so now the Vietnam War is America versus the Viet Cong versus zombies. So it's it's been an interesting story. But now, Sam, here's here's listen to this description and let me tell you uh, and, and, and tell me what you think of this. So Image Comics and Meat Grinder Studios proudly present the climatic climactic miniseries that brings all current 68 storylines full circle with an explosive revealing finish. Does that sound like this is the beginning of a new miniseries story arc? Or the sounds like they're trying to tie up all their stories, and right? But see, this is the part possibly in like a certain chapter. Present, but it's labeled as issue number. It's labeled as sixty-eight last rights number one, and this and the fact that it's last rights number one, and then they're saying that it presents the climactic miniseries. Okay, so this is yeah. This sounds like they're it's the beginning of the miniseries that's bringing it all full circle, right? Not right. not just that this issue's the final one, right? Am, am I reading this? Yeah, I mean, like this is like it sounds like to me, and like I said, that they're tying all their stories together. But and my then point this is, is like ending like a chapter in a book before you start the next chapter. But it's number one. How can you end on number one? It's not ending. It's it's you're it's saying the, the story of a, the of the end, the yeah, beginning of, of the, the end. end. This is the launch of a mini series that will end this chapter of sixty eight. That's what I originally thought. Okay, just needed. Uh, just needed confirmation on that. All right, moving on over to the big screen. Uh, let's see here. Coming out this week. First up, we have uh, the new Jake Gyllenhaal, 50 Cent's Forrest Whitaker movie, Southpaw. Uh, this is a, a about uh, boxer Billy Hope, who turns to trainer Tick Willis to help him get his life back on track after losing his wife in a tragic accident and his daughter to Child Protective Services. 
is uh, I've seen this preview several times. It looks it looks pretty good. It looks depressingly good. Oh, it does. This one not so much excited for uh, Paper Towns. This is oh god by the guy who wrote the Fault in Our Stars. Yes, yes, a young man <sighs> and his friend embark upon the road trip of their lives to find a missing girl from next door. I may be seeing this this weekend. Yeah, I never saw Fault in Their Stars, although Listen, I heard that it was very, very tough to like get through. I'm not going to say like I'm willingly going to go see this. It's more like a, hey, date night for Sam. Oh, I see what's going on. Okay, yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. And, and then finally coming out this week is the new Adam Sandler, Kevin James movie, Normally, when I hear those two names in the same movie, I kind of get excited a little bit. Really, really. Okay, I like which liked... part of Adam Sandler, Kevin James team up do you get excited about? Uh the Peter Dinklage part. <laughs> yes, that part is something to get excited <laughs> about. But you said you when you uh, heard Adam Sandler. I know. I know. Tell uh, I... me, tell me, what part of Adam Sandler and and fucking Paul Blart gets you excited about a movie. I I would say there some of their and I stress some of their individual works have been kind no, of no, good. No. But I'm talking about because what what was their one that they teamed up on? Grown Ups. Grown Ups one was cute. Grown Ups two sucked. Yeah, wasn't was he also it was uh, Kevin James also in uh, what was the one? Kevin where, James was in Here Comes the Boom. Which was about a teacher who like joins, who fights MMA to like save his school's music program. No, no, no. I'm talking about the the two of them teaming up. Was oh. was uh, oh I well I know I now pronounce you uh, Chuck and Larry. Oh, that, I forgot. Yeah, man, that, that one, one that one was actually that pretty bad. pretty funny. That one wasn't that bad. Uh, yeah. What was I'm trying to think? What was the one with uh, Adam Sandler where he plays his brother and his own sister? Oh God, Jack and Jill. Yeah. Was Kevin James in that one? No. Oh, really? All right. So that's just all Adam Sandler's fault. But I have to say, I am kind of excited for this one because of Peter Dinklage and also the previews I've been seeing. Maybe I've just seen it so many times I've gotten Stockholm Syndrome. Uh, but uh, when aliens misinterpret video feeds of classic arcade games as a declaration of war, they attack the Earth in the form of video games. So uh, that is also coming out this week, Pixel. All righty, Sam, you got anything for Oh Shit, I Forgot? Uh, two quick things here. All right. Um, this one I've been driving nuts with for the last two weeks, so I'm just going to spit it out to the masses. If you haven't seen Rick and Morty, it's on Hulu. You can go to adultswim.com. It's a very dark and demented cartoon, kind of like if Doc and Marty like went off the fucking rails and did a whole lot of acid together. Fucking funny as hell. Yeah. But I about fell uh, off my couch laughing my ass off. Co-created by uh, the guy who did Community. Dan, Dan Harmon. It's about a genius inventor who takes his son and all these wacky, or his grandson on all these wacky adventures across different dimensions and the universe. And secondly, I just saw that Suicide Squad trailer just reached more viewers than Batman versus Superman did. Ooh, that's kind of scary, uh -oh. considering that Batman vs. Superman is your foundation for that cinematic universe. Uh -oh. And as of right now, July, what, 22nd, 21st? Yeah. Suicide Squad's creating more buzz on the web than Batman vs. Superman is. Mm, that's not good. <laughs> All right. Uh, my Mine uh, for OSHA, I forgot, is, uh, man, Disney has picked Game of Thrones writer 
Brian Kogman to write and produce, or sorry, to write the a live action version of uh, Sword and the Stone. I love that movie as a kid. Yeah, I I do too. And then uh, also, uh, real quick, uh, they are already talking about Star Wars Episode Eight, and so f- and the biggest news out of that is that they are looking at Oscar winner Benice Del Toro uh, as uh, has o- as a possible villain for Episode Eight. He was great in The Usual Suspects. Yeah, he and was. And I liked him in uh oh. Snatch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't that f- uh, four, Fra- fring- four yeah, finger fr- for Eddie. Frankie, Frankie, four fingers. That's it, Frankie, four fingers. Alrighty, so that's all I got for uh, today, Sam. You know, if you don't have anything else, let's go ahead and uh, close this. Oh wait, no. Before our, I almost forgot, uh, gotta do the plugs. All right, folks, uh, don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Twitter at mycomicunderscorelife. Follow us or like us on Facebook. Just do a search for My Comic Life Podcast. Uh, Sam, you are always posting stuff to our page. Thank you so much. <laughs> I am constantly <laughs> Thank you trolling so websites Thank for you, you guys. So first trailers, first news, anything. Let me tell you, if there's a comic book Facebook page, I guarantee you that I've subscribed to it on my personal <laughs> account just so I can get all the breaking news. Thank you. Uh, so Facebook, just search for My Comic Life. Then also, if you are listening to us on iTunes, please uh, rate and comment on the show. That really helps us out. And uh, if you're telling your friends about the show and they don't have iTunes, uh, they don't have an iOS device, you can listen to us on Podcast Republic and Podcast Attic on your Android devices. And don't forget to check out all the other great shows uh, on the Next Wave Radio Network. Just go to nextwave-radio.com and you can check out such great shows as NVP. They talk about sports, a lot of baseball talk going on, and also a lot of WWE talk. So if you're really big into wrestling, uh, Matt and Danny cover all sorts of angles of wrestling. And they're two former uh, former amateur wrestlers. They used to wrestle around uh, the DFW area. So uh, I think that's going to go ahead and do it for today's show. Sam, go ahead and close us out. Ditch the herd. Be a nerd. Stay strong out there, my friends. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.